and uh, it's great. So I want to talk today, our vision series, and I want to talk today about um, seeing lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Romans chapter 8 this morning. You know, let's say this vision statement together. Let's say it together, hey? To live by faith, to be known by love, and to see lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody says this, that the Bible was not given for our information, but it was given for our transformation. And, uh, you know, God is not after behavior modification. He is after life transformation. You know, I once heard the saying, help me Anna maybe with this one, but he said, you know, God didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. That's the difference. This is not about how good we are. This is about how great he is. And I want to just encourage you and remind you today, because so often we can go down a pathway, it all becomes so hard, and it's not meant to be hard in one sense. The Bible says the way is difficult, yes, but it is the way that leads to life. It's narrow, there are choices to be made, but the end result is a great destiny, amen? So our dream at New Day Church is to be a community that sees lives transformed, And transformation is something that we encounter, it's something we're to experience, it's something that we testify of, it's something that we can shout to the city. Uh, You know, over the course of my walking with God, I've seen many, many lives, probably like you, transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. I reckon we've got some wonderful testimonies sitting here amongst us that we need to hear more of. But here's the point, is that God wants to bring us in this process of transformation. Jesus has this dream, and we have this dream as a church that God uh, wants to see our lives transformed. And so we're going to read in Romans today God's big picture about what this is all about. This is not about attending a church meeting on a Sunday. It's bigger than that. It is about walking with Jesus. Amen? Romans chapter 8 verses 28 and 29, says this, For we know that God causes everything. Everyone say the word everything. Everything. Whatever's going on in your life right now, God's promise to you is he's going to cause everything to work together for good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew who his people were in advance And he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The NIV says it like this, that whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. God's desire for you and for me is that we would become like Jesus. That's simply how it is. It's the big picture. How many think Jesus is pretty good, by the way? Um, You know, one of the things that we're in this process, we're in this life, and uh, all of us have different backgrounds, stories, you know, families, statuses, everyone. But the one thing that God has intent for is that we all become like his son, Jesus. Amen? So it says this in 2 Corinthians. Turn with me there, 3.16. You know, this is what Paul says here. It says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, 
the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Amen? That's a great verse, isn't it? I want you to notice two words here. Paul's saying this, you know, this veil, you know, once upon a time we couldn't see, we didn't know, we lived ignorantly, we were just like everybody else. But one day something changed in our lives. One day something happened in our hearts. And when we said yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the veil was lifted. All of a sudden we became aware that this life, there was something more to it, amen? And this is what Paul's saying. When we've had that veil removed, all of a sudden, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. I love that. To walk in knowing the presence of God. To reflect, to shine, to influence, to be an example, to be the encouragement, to ensure the opportunity is that Others, too, may get to see the one that we are representing and reflecting. Amen? This is the thing, is that God, little bit by little bit, intent, purpose, presence, wants to change us. Not because we are no good. No, because he's made us to be glorious. Not because we've failed. No, because he's redeemed us and he's got a plan for us. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but when you want to give up on yourself or you want to give up on a situation or when you want to walk a different way, God says, uh-uh, you haven't seen it all yet. And I'm going to show you because my intent is that Holy Spirit's going to walk with you and empower you and embolden you so that you would change from glory to glory so that we may know and become more like him. To see God and to reflect him. How many want to see God more? Amen. We sang it this morning. Holy, holy, holy was the theme. He's holy. That we would see him because when we see him and encounter him, it changes everything. How many know it's much better than just a service? It's much better than just another meeting. It changes everything. Amen. So Lord, today, help us as we look at this thought about seeing lives changed by the power of you. Let your word speak in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. You know, change is not only normal, it's necessary. And I want you to think about that today. Naturally speaking, when we're born into this world, everything is changing. From conception to gestation, to birth, to infancy, to adolescent, and then into adulthood. We continually grow, we continually change, we continually develop, and we age, we pay taxes, and we gradually die. Is that how it works? <laughs> Maybe throw in a mortgage or two, you know? But you know what? Life happens, doesn't it? But the reality is this, is we understand it's contained. There's change happening all the time. If there were scientists here, they could really just give us a list of everything that's happening. Just as we are 
living, we're dying at the same time. And as we die, new cells get born and emerge and we live a little longer until we get to those other areas where one day we understand that in the natural speaking things, we came from dust and we go back to dust. Happens to us all. Spiritually speaking, we are spirit beings. We possess a soul, but we live in a body. And spiritually, there are two destinations on offer. One is eternity and the other one is a little warmer. It's called hell. And God's plan is that we would become spiritually aware. We choose the choice regarding our spiritual formation. And some people in this world choose to reject God. They choose crystals and meditations and contemplations, affirmations. They choose dark practices of mediums and tarot cards and everything else. Some choose God and God's ways, right? But God's plan has always been since the fall of man that there would be a plan of redemption. Amen? To redeem mankind, to bring back that which was lost. Because everything was good in the garden. We're going to see that in a little minute. But man needed to be saved from their sin. And so God sent his only son. And when Christ came to the earth as a Jewish rabbi, Christ's offer was this, that if you believe in me, you will be saved. And salvation is what that is. We become born again. We accept Christ and our spirit becomes alive. The veil is lifted and we can now see and begin to understand who Jesus is. Okay, So we're born again, just like a baby, born in to the kingdom of God. And God takes us as infants and adopts us into his family. And so, friends, we are his children and we're adoption. And so we understand family, identity and security. And then there is this process of growing up spiritually. There's this process of going from milk to the veg, to the mash, to the food, to the meat. Amen? And there is this process that we have to go along because it's necessary for our development. And that's what God wants to do because restoration is God's plan. And restoration looks like this, is that God wants to work out in you everything that he planned for you. Amen? That you would become that which God had always known from the very beginning of time. That I would discover, just like you, how to know God and walk with him all the days of my life. And I don't know about your prayers at the moment, but my prayers are all over the place at the moment. And I just say, God, I want to just walk with you. I want to know you. God, I, I want a clean house. I want to deal with the flesh. I want to understand you in all of your ways. That God, that I would walk with you all the days of my life. Change happens to everyone. But God gives us the choice and the chance. And we have to choose it. What is it about God's process? Well, number one is this. God's change process is called transformation. And when it comes to the kingdom, change is about transformation. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, I therefore urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, that this is your true and proper worship. And he said, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, for then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, basically, if you renew your minds and you do not conform to this world and be shaped by it, you will understand what the will of God is and how we're to live in right relationship with him. The word transform means metamorphosis in Greek and, or metamorpho, and it basically literally means um, to change. It's the change process. And we've often heard it from the caterpillar to the, to the butterfly, and the in-between bit is the chrysalis. Is that right? And it changes. It literally morphs from one being into another. And it's God's amazing picture for you and I to understand this process of metamorphosis. We begin life in one form, but when we, God comes into our life, he reveals a completely other something that comes from us. Amen? And then all of a sudden, these things happen. But there is a process of change. And Paul was saying this, this he says, don't conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The word renewal is literally the word, anik, uh, uh, gee, John, I need you. Can you, you got that word on hand? Uh, uh, it says, uh, anikinos is the Greek word, anikinos, which simply means renovation or to renovate. And the word there is literally a renewing or a complete change for the better. How many here want a complete change for the better? Yeah. <laughs> ah, look, I tell you this, we get to live out this, Incredible life journey. But here's the point. What Paul is saying is this. Change begins when we choose to think differently. Amen? Sometimes we overcomplicate a whole bunch of things. And God just simply wants to make it simple. If we change the way we think, we can choose to live differently. And I don't know about you, but there's still some things that need changing in my thinking. Stinking thinking. All right? When we resist and we remove and we renounce the lies that we've believed, lies that have deceived us, that have influenced us, that have entrapped us into a thinking lesser life than what God has planned. We feel, we feel the consequences of that. Trapped, ensnared, never being able to break the rut, never being able to see the change. But Paul was saying this, he said, this is how we do it. You know, we've got to recognize what those lies are. You're useless. It's always your fault. It's too hard. Nothing ever changes. My prayers make no difference. Can you really trust God? Have you ever thought any of those things? I have. Sometimes it's a battle. And you kind of go, oh, just, there's got to be a better person for this gig, you know? And put someone else in God, you know? And, and here's the thought is that when we, when we align with a lie, we empower the lie. When we agree with the lie, we empower it to live in us. And so you are frustrated because your life doesn't change. But you know what? You've empowered the very thing that you are experiencing. Because you're choosing to keep on letting those things speak to you 
and fill your heart up with fear and intimidation or comparison or whatever those things are. And that's the narrative of your life. But this is what Paul's saying. He said, we've got to learn how to recognize, resist, and literally take that picture off the wall. Remove it off the mind. Remove it off the heart. Remove those words from allowing to speak into your being. Remove them and allow God to replace them with his word, with his ways, with the imagination of the kingdom of God, with the, with the promises of God. We've got to learn how to renovate what's going on on the inside. You know, John said, beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health in all things, just as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. All of us have dirty days, ugly days, hard days, tough days. But it's our choice what we want to choose to think. Amen. Here's the thought. We must change the narrative of our thinking. Change the pictures in our imagination. Remove and replace the old ways. The mind is the master computer of our body. But our spirit is being born again. Our new creation, man, is to thrive on the inside of our being and tell our mind what it's going to think. Amen. That God's word is superior to all other words. That God's ways is the choice above all other ways. Amen. And so we learn how to understand this metamorphosis. God, I'm becoming who you've made me to be. I'm not settling for anything else. And God, I know sometimes that that picture speaks to me all the time. Who put that picture up there again? I'm going to go back and take that lie down. I'm not going to allow that to hang on the wall of my heart any longer. I'm not going to allow that word to define my thinking. I'm not going to be captive to that emotional feeling anymore. Why? Because God's word says this. Amen? Here's the second thing. Change isn't about trying harder. It's about trusting deeper. We have to understand God's heart, his plan, and we have to be intentional as God's people to keep learning how we walk in the ways of God. In Genesis chapter 1, he said that he created us in the image and the likeness of him. And he created us as male and female, just two, not three options of four or any other five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, just two. Amen? Don't forget that. Otherwise, you'll have to smack you around a bit, you know. <laughs> Here's the thing. You know, it's not about trying harder. It's about trusting deeper. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man that he had made, only the man at the stage. And the Lord... God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, trees that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Trees everywhere, but two trees that were really highlighted. 
And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. The Lord God then took man and put him in the midst of the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded man, you are free to eat of any of the trees in this garden. But, everyone say but. You've got to listen to when God says but, right? He says, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... For you will not eat of it. For when the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. God's plan was filled with purpose and pleasure and prosperity. And we had this kingdom opportunity to do all kinds of things in this earth. God clearly spoke to Adam that there were two trees. Eat anything, he said, but don't eat of that one. The biggest lie of the enemy and the root of all deception It was to not trust God's word or to acknowledge his lordship. And I want to remind us about these two things today. Because every single thing, every single day, we've got this choice to do exactly the same thing. We read on in the narrative that Eve was created. The serpent then came along in the form of a serpent as the deceiver. And the serpent acknowledges God but fails to acknowledge God's lordship. Number one. And then he takes God's words and he uses them against Adam. And he twists the words against Eve. And he puts this seed of doubt. Surely God has not said these things. Because if you eat of them, then you will become like God. And surely that's a good thing. Surely that's what you really want is to know what good and evil is. Then you'll be like him. Remember he said that you, he created you to be like him. Oh, yeah, that's right. He takes the word of God and he twists it. And he seeds rebellion. And she eats of the fruit. And then he follows. And then all of a sudden, something's changed. Do you know what? The problem was this, and it remains today, that the root system of the tree of knowledge of good and evil can only ever produce death. Remember what I said, number point two. It's not about trying harder. It's about trusting deeper. You and I think, every now and again, that if I could just be a little bit better, things would be different. We wake up, and it's a great day until something happens. And then it gets a little darker. Or we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, oh my goodness me, I really need to walk around the block again. (laughs) But we look and we go, yeah, but. You ever had a yeah, but moment? Sometimes the yeah, buts kind of can really depress us and sink us. Because what we do in our mind is we think, you know what, if I can just work on all of these negative things, if I can just try a little harder here and do that and maybe you know, put all of these things into practice and convert them all to the good side, then God would love me that little bit more and I would love me that little bit more. But here's the lie that the enemy will never tell you, that all of that means nothing in the kingdom of God because God wants you to eat from the tree of life. It's not about us. It's about him. Amen? This is what it says. Romans 7, have you ever been in this situation? I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I do not do. (laughs) 
But what I hate to do, that's what I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, then I agree with the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that the good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Anyone been there? For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. And I keep doing this thing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin that lives in me. This is fun, isn't it? You're gonna, this is the memory verse for this week, all right? <laughs> it's a little bit like that one that says, one, one was a racehorse, and one, two was one, two, and one, 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 run race, and one, two, one, 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 two, all right? It's like that. It's one of those verses, all right? But something's going on. Has anyone here got something going on in them? All right, we've all got something going on in us, all right? And here's the thought that, that verse 21 says, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. It's like, where did you come from? For in my inner heart I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that is at work within me. What's his conclusion? What a wretched man am I. Ah, even Paul felt what we felt. That's a good thing, right? And then he goes, he asks the question, who will, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Who's going to redeem me? Who's going to help me? Who's going to rescue me from this crazy messed up situation of me trying to do the right thing and I do the wrong thing? And it feels like we go round and round and round the mountain. He says here, he says, thanks be to God who delivers me. Delivers. Present continual tense. Delivers me. He delivered me, but he delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? John 10.10 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life. And have it to the full. Who comes to give life? Say it with me. Jesus. Who comes to condemn, steal, and destroy? Satan. I want you to come back to the two trees. The second option was to eat from the tree of life. And today we have to choose which tree we're going to eat from. When we choose to eat from the tree, we must intentionally, every single day, choose the tree of life. Jesus wants to give us the food, our daily bread, our nourishment, our revelation, the word for today, the thought for today, the feeling for today. God wants to inform our lives. He wants to shape us. He wants to establish us. He wants to equip us. He wants to bring about his glory in us, amen, that we would not only see with our eyes, but we would reflect it with our life in the earth that we live, amen. Are we there yet? No. Are we on the way? Yes. Has God got a plan? Yes. Are we going to stick to it? Yes. But we've got to understand this process. What we think, what we see, what we say, and what we do is so importantly linked to the intentionality of you and I living in the ways of God. Amen. 
Amen? We've got to want it like we've never wanted it before. I don't know about you, but I know that things are going to get worse before they get better. And we've got to understand, I've got to want the Word of God more in my heart. I've got to want His presence more on my family. I've got to want it more in all the circumstances. It's got to become the first point to go to and not the last. Amen? I thought it was going to do a haka. <laughs> Terry was getting excited. He's like, oh, the spirit of Kiwi's on him. <laughs> Blah! <Is that> a... <laughs> oh, I tell you. He's on, oh, he's on holiday again. <laughs> come at you, come at you. All right. You guys are bad today, I tell you. Oh, it does. It's so good. Number three, we're going to land this plane. Lonnie, would you come up, please, musos? Change occurs when we behold God's truth. Amen. It's called the becoming me. I wish, I wish it could happen really quickly. I wish that it was, I don't know about you, but patience is... Not my strength. However, God's got a plan. And you know what? The Bible says this, and I've heard it just recently said before I say this. The three enemies that we face in the church today is discouragement, it's unbelief, and it's bitterness. Guard your heart. You know, sometimes we get discouraged in the midst of the journey. And we need one another. That's why community is so important. Unbelief. I've prayed a million prayers, Lord. And I haven't seen it yet. And that little one just taps on the shoulder and goes, yeah, he's deaf to you. Your prayers make no difference in this world. And if I'm not thinking right, I'll start to believe that. him off. Get rid of it. God, I don't care if I die and I don't see this promise fulfilled. My posture is before you. As for me and my house, we're serving God. I reckon there's a whole lot of people in the Holy Land right now that are thinking, God, where are you? Amen. God, where are you? The journey of transformation is a process. God's raising up His sons and daughters. And I ask you this question, what one of us didn't go through some pain or suffering or discipline or sacrifice to be in the place where we are right now? And God never promised a tiptoe through the tulips, an easy path. He promised a way. And that way is got seasons, mountaintops and gully experiences. It's got avalanches, it's got snipers that want to take us out along the way. And on that same path is the path where we find sometimes the desires of our own heart that don't line up with God and we go off and He just allows us to go off until we come back. Philippians 1.6 says, is being confident of the very thing that he who's begun a good work in you is faithful to complete that work until the day of Jesus. Amen. 
How many are thankful today that he is faithful today? Amen. Romans 8.28, where we started again, was we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would become the firstborn among many brothers. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Justification is just as if I've never sinned. That's a good one. It's a meaty one. It's a hard one. Because we look at the fault in our own character and we say, yeah, but God. And God goes, yeah, but I sent my son. Yeah, but God, I still struggle with this. And he says, yeah, but remember I sent Jesus so that you'd be free of that. Don't you love it when God puts a but in the process? That we would see and that we would reflect is his plan for you today. So we sang holy today that you would see him and that you would reflect him. Amen. Our vision statement says this to live by faith, to be known by love, and to see lives transformed by the power of God. Amen. Shut your eyes. Lives saved. Hearts healed, marriages strengthened, lives and families restored, addictions broken, shame removed, joy restored, miracles and bodies. Change takes time, so don't give up. Change takes time, so don't lose sight. Change takes time, so don't lose hope or vision of what God is doing right now. Father, as we finish today, I want to thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy. Lord, you love us so much, and you're changing us to be just like you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. You know.